Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to Political Beatdown. You got Michael Cohen, you got Ben Micellis, and moments ago, you got the Midas Touch Network hitting 2 million, 2 million subscribers. Midas Mighty, you did it. There it is right there. Oh, don't decrease. Go up 2 million. <laughs> 2 million subscribers right there and growing. There we go. 2 million and nine. Thank you all so much. We have such an incredible team here. I want to thank Salty, Jeremy, my brothers, Michael Cohen, our incredible other hosts of our shows here. Everybody from Michael Popak to Karen Friedman, Ignifilo. I could go on and name every single one of our hosts on all of our shows, but that would take the full time. You know who you are. Thank you so much for all you do for this network. And thank you to you, the Beatdown Brigaders, the Midas Mighty, the Legal AFers, and continuing to grow this community. And Cohen, here's another good data point as well, that the Midas Touch Network is now beating Fox on YouTube. The new charts came out that shows that it's Midas Touch, Fox, and then Forbes in that order. And then we're eighth globally of all YouTube channels across all genres. And in the US right now, number one. And to me, what that shows is what we're actually seeing out there in the United States of America when you actually talk to people. The United States of America is a pro-democracy, normalcy-craving place. And don't get me wrong, there's MAGA out there, but that's not the United States of America. We saw that with some of the exit polls in New Hampshire. We saw that with how close New Hampshire was. We see that um, throughout this country. And, and Michael Cohen, I think you see it with the growth of shows like this, platforms like this, that are just focused on the facts, normalcy, bringing people together. Listen, you know, thank you to each and every one of our brigaders. Thank you to those that follow all of the various different podcasts on the Midas Touch Network. One of the things that Ben and I, when we first started speaking about not just the Maya Culpa podcast, which I'm proud to announce, uh, you know, exists on this network, that's the one with the blue icon. But when we decided to do this political beatdown and to create this community with you in order to make a difference, one of the things that, or one of the reasons I should say that we decided to do this is because of the extensive misinformation, disinformation, malinformation that is out there in this ecosphere of news or fake news. And I hate to use that term because it's a term that Donald Von Schitzenpants uses all the time. But it happens to be accurate that there's so much misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation that's being spewed. So our job, our goal in starting this 
was to ensure that everything that we talk about here, everything that we show you, all of the information is not created for a specific purpose, but these are facts and we will do everything in our power to continue to promote the facts so that more and more and more people have an opportunity to understand what's really going on out there. Let's talk about the facts that took place in the E. Jean Carroll defamation federal trial against Donald Trump. It was delayed on Monday where Alina Habba said that she had uh, exposure to COVID. Also, juror number three had called in sick. Even though we saw Alina Habba in New Hampshire, she seemed to be doing pretty fine there. And they actually kicked out a MAGA influencer who posted a photo with Alina yeah, so Habba. A, kid, a young kid named Dylan uh, Quattrucci uh, took a photo and posted it. And that obviously sent Von Schitzenpants into a, uh, you know, into a, uh, a frenzy. And they ended up having this kid who is part of the staff or somehow affiliated, there you go, had him thrown out of the event. My statement that I put onto my Twitter account or my ex account, if Alina Haba was really at the New Hampshire victory event last night, pictured here with Trump's staffer, Dylan Quattrucci, the, you know, the, um, <laughs> It should say the ear-to-ear -ear smile will disappear when she returns to Judge Kaplan's courtroom tomorrow. You know, one of the things I absolutely hate is my eyesight is absolutely going, but worse is when you have the spell change. That that drives me crazy. I really do have to take these things slower. But I meant ear-to-ear -ear smile, which she had. I spoke with friends of mine who were in the courtroom today, and I'll tell you, to my dismay. Judge Kaplan did not do what I thought he would do, and that would be to put her on the stand and ask her, where was she last night? Or on, you know, on, uh, what was it, Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday, um, yeah, Tuesday. Where were you on Tuesday night? Were you not feeling well? Did you not tell the court that you were under the weather? Can you explain? And then he has every right to admonish her, to sanction her, to hold her accountable. The only reason I can imagine that this thing took the route that it did is simply because one of the jurors also stated that they weren't feeling well, possible COVID, which clearly it was not, because everybody was back in the courtroom today and, again, proceeding forward. And so, look, I think that Judge Kaplan wants this to go to verdict already, and there was a question if Donald Trump was going to try to testify, and if so, what was the scope? So E. Jean Carroll and her lawyers, they rested their case today, um, introduced some other kind of deposition testimony, some of Donald Trump's statements that he's been giving recently, in order to kind of put forward the... Uh, financials for the punitive damages aspect of the case. They played clips where Donald Trump was bragging about how valuable Mar-a-Lago is and that it's a billion dollars or a billion five. So they used Trump's words against him when Trump was bragging about how rich he was to say, look, 
For punitive damages, you have to assess net worth. Donald Trump says he's Mar-a-Lago alone is worth one point five. And then, billion. then he also said that the Doral was worth three and a half billion, and that is just a pittance compared to the value of the brand. I mean, the guy is really fucking delusional. That value of the brand exceeds Doral and Mar-a-Lago combined. Combined, you're talking about $5 billion. Let me be very clear. I think Donald paid something like $100 million for the Doral. And I can assure you, in the few years that he has owned the Doral, it has not gone up year over year by 2,500% per annum. I can assure you that it did not. So where he's coming up with this $2.5 billion number, I don't know. What I'd like to see is the city of Homestead, which is kind of like where it's at, or uh, uh, Miami, whichever has the actual taxable control over the property. What I'd really love to see is them now retax the property at a $3.5 billion or a $2.5 billion dollar valuation and Palm Beach to do the same as it relates to Mar-a-Lago. That's the way I see it. Fuck yeah, them. And, and then it'll be a nine figure tax bill if you go back and pay where he's purposefully also deflated the valuations of the property so as to pay less property taxes. Regardless, the fact that Donald Trump's boasting on tape or an in-deposition about his net worth was used for punitive damages. He didn't even have to ask Donald Trump about how much money he has because he brags about it all the time. So that happened. The plaintiffs closed their presentation of evidence. Alina Haba called, you know, one other witness. And the well, question at two fifteen, my cell phone, Big Ben, literally exploded. Everybody that was there inside the courtroom, all the journalists, reached out to me and they said by text, "You're not going to believe this." Trump is taking the stand. And he, and he did. Alina Haba called up as a witness in this case. You can't, um, I mean, it, it, I can't imagine anything stupider, right? So they call up Donald Trump as a witness in the case and everyone's jaw dropped. Well, lo and behold, Judge Kaplan warns him again that there are several things that he may not do. He may answer the questions, but he may not defame E. Jean Carroll. He may not deny that the um, assault, that the rape took place. That's already been decided. There have already been several, um, there have been several issues that are not in contention and that Judge Kaplan warned Trump that he would not allow him to speak of if, in fact, um, you know the questions are asked. Well, right out of the gate, the very first question, Donald goes on another tirade. He does it for question number two, and he does it again for question number three, at which point in time they rested. Donald then got off the stand, and that was the end of this massive, massive, I I want to take the stand, I want to testify, and so on. What he really wanted to do is to continue to defame E. Jean Carroll, which, look, think about it this way. 
If you have a loose wire attached to a lamp, and every time that you turn the lamp on, you get shocked, how many times are you going to turn that lamp on before you stop turning it on because you're electrocuting yourself? And the answer should be once to the wise is sufficient, but not for Donald. He was going to continue to use the court to defame her, knowing that there's a press pool inside there and that he would be able to use it as, let's just say, uh, more fodder to gain more money from grifting to his supporters. Judge Kaplan shut that shit down. One, two, three, stopped him in his tracks. Everybody's waiting uh, for the release of the transcript to see whether he even, uh, meaning Judge Kaplan, even redacted the transcript where it did not even acknowledge a yes or no, or the responses thereafter by Donald. We're all waiting to see that. And it started with Alina Habba calling Donald Trump to take the stand. And Alina Habba said, we hereby call President Donald Trump to the witness stand. Judge Kaplan immediately corrected her and said, you mean Donald John Trump, Alina Habba, not President Donald Trump. Donald, Don, Donald John Trump, the defendant in this case. So just setting the tone you don't get to call yourself things that you're not right now in my courtroom. Even before that, when Alina Habba said that she intends to call Donald Trump to take the stand outside of the presence of the jury, Judge Lewis Kaplan said, well, what are your questions going to be? And Alina Habba goes that he stands behind his deposition. I'll ask about his state of mind. He'll say he was defending himself. Then Judge Kaplan goes, and that's it. Alina Habba says yes, and that he never intended to hurt Miss Carroll. And then Roberta Kaplan, Eugene Carroll's lawyer, said he had an opportunity to participate in a trial. And then Judge Kaplan says, and he lost. He lost. So I will instruct the jury more than once that he lost in the previous trial. Then Donald Trump tried to speak and say, I wasn't even at that trial. I never met this woman, Judge. And Judge Kaplan said, Mr. Trump, keep your voice down. Mr. Trump, keep your voice down. Do you understand? And then Judge Kaplan looks at Alina Habba and says, will your client abide by the rules of my court? And Alina Habba goes, absent having a glass ball. And then Trump starts speaking more. And then Judge Kaplan goes, Mr. Trump. That is not allowed. I will permit him to get on the stand. You ask if he stands by it. That's it. And Alina Habba goes, only one question? And Judge Kaplan says, you can ask the second question. And Habba goes, why did you make the statements? Judge Kaplan goes, no. And Alina Habba goes, I have a right to ask about intent. And Judge Kaplan goes, I will decide what he has a right to do here. That's my job, Miss Habba, not your job. And then Alina Habba goes, I can ask it that way. Judge Kaplan goes, it will not be an open-ended question. If you ask it, there is likely to be an objection and I am likely to sustain it. Habba, that's it. Judge Kaplan, okay, Habba. What about the second question? Judge Kaplan, it keeps on changing, Habba. 
as long as we have the deposition and I think I'll be fine, Judge Kaplan. Well, I hope you will. Then the jury enters. The judge tells the jurors, I hope lunch was better than the cafeteria usually is to some laughs. Ms. Haba, you may call your witness. And that's where she says, President Donald Trump. And he goes, Donald John Trump. And then Haba goes, you view your deposition? And Trump goes, I stand by it 100%. Yes. And then Trump tries to say, she said something that I considered a, a false accusation. E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, objection, judge. Judge Kaplan goes, sustained. And Alina Haba goes, I have no further questions, judge. Judge Kaplan goes, cross-examination. E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, Roberta Kaplan goes, Mr. Trump, there was a trial here, correct? Donald Trump, yes. Roberta Kaplan, Mr. Trump, is this the first trial between you and Ms. Carroll you've attended? Donald Trump, yes. Roberta Kaplan, no further questions. Then Alina Hobbit asked Trump, did you have counsel at the previous trial and follow their advice? Because they were trying to throw Joe Takapina under the bus and blame Takapina for why Donald Trump lost the first trial and didn't testify. Donald Trump then says, yes. Roberta Kaplan, E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, says, objection, irrelevant, prejudicial, sustained, no further questions, no further questions. Jurors, you may go until tomorrow morning where there will be closing arguments. And uh, there may be a verdict, Michael Cohen, tomorrow. But that was close scene. So if I, mean, I can, yeah. all right, I got Got my sleeves rolled up now. I'm getting all into the rope of dope. I want our brigaders to understand something which is happening right here and right now. In furtherance of what Bing Bing Boom Boom Ben just said, there could be a verdict as early as Monday on this case. I don't think it would come immediately um, as tomorrow. But it could come as early as Monday. Any day thereafter, the decision by Judge Ngoron in the New York Attorney General case that we know is a base now of $370 million, and that's just the fine. That doesn't include penalty or interest, which would bring the number to almost double Right. So we're talking about maybe close to 600 plus million. Could you imagine in one week, Von Schitt's and Pants gets smashed with whatever, and I think it'll be at least $10 million to E. Jean Carroll. That's not including punies. I'm only talking about the fine of $10 million for the defamation, for the defamatory statement. But could you imagine he gets hit with that one? And the loser or the former loser in chief ends up then getting the verdict by Judge Ngoron into the five, six, seven hundred million dollar range. That's a pretty bad fucking week, if you ask me. And look, we've been talking about that here going back, what, six months ago, seven months ago. That we we were talking about what was going to happen right before February 1. And they both can happen at the same day. In fact, at least as of this live recording, we don't even have a result yet on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals ruling on Trump's appeal on the issue of absolute presidential immunity, which we all expect them to 
reject, although it's taking them a little longer than I would like them to have ruled on that. I thought that ruling would happen before February 1st, but on the earlier side, and we're getting very close to February 1st. So Cohen, three things can happen. You can get an E. Jean Carroll verdict, a New York Attorney General verdict, and a D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals uh, ruling denying absolute immunity all within a two to three day period. And all of this is kind of coming to the fore in the next three days. So folks, this is all happening, whether it's all going to happen on Friday, Monday, Tuesday, but like this is right around the corner. All of this is happening while the unhinged one is now attacking Nikki Haley and, um, and McCarthy uh, and others simply because they're saying things that he doesn't like. Nikki Haley had a very decent showing in both Iowa and New Hampshire. And people like Ben and I, when we talk to, to you, when we go out there and we make our voices known and we say things like, Donald did not do as well as he wants you to believe. He just did not. For example, 50% of the Republicans that voted for him did not, I'm sorry, 50% of the of those that voted did not vote for him. All right. That's pretty substantial when you're not talking about, let's say, you're not talking about the um the primary, when you're not talking about becoming the nominee, we're talking about the general election. He is really doing very, very poorly. For example, Iowa. 56,200 some odd people voted for him. 49,000 change did not. On top of that, there's like 2.8 million voters. So you're talking about one out of 14 people voted for him. Those numbers will not win you a general election. In fact, it's also being said by even folks on Fox News that the only person that Joe Biden could beat, and I don't know if I agree with this, but I'm going to stick with it because it doesn't make a difference at this point. The only person that Joe Biden can actually beat in an election would be Donald Trump, that he would lose to Nikki Haley by a lot, and that he would even lose to Ron DeSanctimonious to snot nose by a smaller margin, but that he beats Donald Trump. Well, this is driving Von shits and pants crazy because he thinks <laughs> like Putin. He, there you go. He thinks like Vladimir Putin that he should have a 92%. That's <laughs> the craziest picture I've ever seen. Have you seen that one yet? What? I have. I have. But could you imagine? He thinks he's good. That's great. I mean, that he's going to have a 92% oh approval rating. And he doesn't. But that is a great photo. I've never seen anything like that. This is, we'll put put it up one. Put, put it up. <laughs> He's an actual cat. He's actual Garfield the cat. Oh my god! But but but, <laughs> but yes, Cohen. He, he is alienating and has totally alienated mainstream Republicans and absolutely alienated independents. And I think there are a group of mainstream Republicans um, who still have this tribal allegiance to their team and their party, so don't know what to do when you have MAGA that is not the Republican 
party. It's and, and Trump keeps saying it. You're not welcome here. You're not welcome here. I mean, just take a look at this. Nikki Haley won independence 61% to 37%, according to a CNN exit poll. This is not only a big warning sign for Trump's general election prospects, like these numbers, Cohen, are unpre it's unprecedented data. And don't get me wrong, you know, there's all these polls out there that frankly right now are all very mixed. But it was the same thing when I was looking at the so-called red wave and the results in 2020. I'd be like, why are you focused on some 1,200 people who who knows how you found? Why, why don't you look at the actual data? Like we have real tangible data. We had it from Iowa, um, which was showing this trend. In New Hampshire, we're seeing it overwhelming that there's now a solidified group of people in the Republican Party, not just independents, who previously voted for Trump in 2016 and some even in 2020, who say never again, the way he handled 2020 humiliates us, the way he acts is disgusting, his conduct on January 6th, the way he treats people, how he wants to destroy democracy. And we're seeing tangible data. And I know the media loves the horse race and all of that, but I just want to reflect that what this data is actually saying and is reflective of is what Cohen, you, myself, all the hosts at the Midas Touch Network have been talking about. And when we started this network, we made clear that this is a pro-democracy network. And we are welcoming in this network to liberals, progressives, independents, mainstream Republicans, so we can bring our country together and preserve, protect, and defend not just our democracy, but normalcy as well, Michael Cohen. You know, Ben, one of the reasons why this Midas Touch Network, political beatdown, mea culpa, and so on, are all doing as well as they're doing is simply because mainstream media, I want you to think about this for a second. Imagine if they turn around and said right now, Joe Biden has this election in the bag. He's going to win 67 to 33, right, um, at the general election, blah, 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 and according to so-and-so poll. And then another poll comes out and says the same thing. Nobody's going to be glued to the television anymore. And what's the basis why they, why they keep putting up a lot of this bullshit information? It's to keep you glued to the television Worrying about the future of democracy, worrying that tomorrow there'll be another case like a Roe v. Wade that gets overturned, like an Obergefell or others um, that will take away or impede on our additional constitutional rights. But no, that's not what you're going to get here from us. We're going to tell you the truth because we don't we don't do it so that the my pillow guy ends up advertising here. We use the advertisement so that we can actually bring you the truth. No innuendo on this station. That I promise you, they need to keep you glued to their TV 24-7 because that keeps the advertisement dollars coming in. That's the unfair thing. And by doing so, it's why mainstream media and others, the second Trump gets off the toilet and he's on his way to court, they have, they're waiting outside with live cameras following this fuck nut, following him to court 
where he rolls in like a fucking rock star. He's not a rock star. He is not a president. He is a former president who happens to be a defendant in a rape case. And in March, on the March 25th, which what appears to be the first of all of the cases, that'll be the uh, Manhattan District Attorney, the Alvin Bragg case, he's going to roll up again to that courthouse at 60 Center Street like a rock star when, in fact, he is a defendant in a criminal case, the same way he will roll up on the additional three indictments. So this is not right. They're not supposed to make him look like a rock star. Make him look like what he is. Make him look like the defendant, the rapist, the criminal that he is. So that way people stop. They stop you know, trying to rationalize why they don't want to vote for Biden and that the only alternative is who? Trump. My opinion is what's going to happen in a general election, as you saw from the data that Ben just put up, 67% of the undeclareds, the independents, will not vote for Donald Trump. That's the loss. My hope is that we ensure that either these people vote or if they don't vote, that enough Democrats get out there and that we do what Ben and I are begging each and every one of you to do each and every week since we started Political Beatdown. Make sure you registered right now to vote and make sure that your friends, your family, your neighbors, your colleagues, everyone you know is registered to vote and that they vote blue, that they vote for Democrats in 2024. And let's send a message once and for all, like I end in my book, Revenge. Trumpism is fascism, and we must eradicate it from our body politic once and for all. Together, we can accomplish that. Or as we say here on the Midas Touch uh, Network, MAGA equals fascism plus idiocracy. And fortunately, the idiocracy has far exceeded the ability of MAGA to implement their fascist designs. But it is a combination of both of those things. You know, I saw somebody in the chat talk about how they went to a Nikki Haley event or it was by their home and they found the people there to be kind of fairly normal people who attended it. And I just want to remind the pro-democracy community, though, the way you win elections and the way you build coalitions is through building and reaching out to people and sharing ideas and being inclusive and allowing people who may have different ideas than you, but who want to fundamentally support our democracy to let them join with all of us in a common endeavor to defeat MAGA fascism and idiocracy. And it's something that I preach here a lot on the Midas Touch Network because one, it's really important for our country to extend a hand even to people who we maybe even vehemently disagree with on certain issues and policies. Fundamentally, we need to preserve and protect and defend our democracy. Democracy is on the line right now. And there'll be a time where we could have a lot of these policy disputes with people, but we need to make sure that MAGA extremism is no more and contrast that, by the way, to what Trump's doing. Because when we come back from our break, I want to show 
how Trump has become even more unhinged after New Hampshire, how he's threatening people. If you contribute to Nikki Haley, you're not welcome in MAGA. His constant attacks on Nikki Haley and anybody who is not 100% obedient to his cult. And that's not how you do politics by reducing your base. But this is an opportunity for all of us in the pro-democracy community to grow our community. And I want to remind back, everybody. And he's back at it again with the nicknames. All right. Now, of course, it's it's bird brain. And when I hear people say that, like at a table, we were out last night. It's a, kind of a funny story. Was out last night for dinner. And who, by chance, happened to be in the same restaurant? Hope Hicks, Trump's former uh, communications, uh, you know, uh, director who I happen to have brought into the campaign and I have helped out literally going back over, you know, 10 years since she first started working uh, at that. But, you know, I heard people at the table next door referring to Nikki Haley as bird brain. There are many things. I don't agree with many things that Nikki Haley turns around and says, but one thing I will turn around and say, she is not, she is not looking to do to America what Donald Trump is doing. And as far as being a bird brain, you know, at least she has a brain. The other guy is literally unhinged. And prior to us just going to um, the commercials, if all of you could do that, because we are rocking right now with all of you, please, mea culpa. We switched over, as you may recall, to the Midas Touch Network, to the RSS feed. It is the one with the blue banner icon Please go to wherever you subscribe to your podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe right there. And after you've done it, give me a row of blue hearts just so I know that you're on this journey uh, with me for Maya Culpa. I want to let you know that uh, tomorrow, the drop is going to be with Michael LaRosa, who is the former chief of staff to Dr. Jill Biden and incredibly close with the Biden family. We talk about a lot of things that are personal and this election, he's no longer there on Capitol Hill, but it is a fascinating, fascinating conversation. So please, thank you. And thanks for joining us in this journey. And thanks and our for our new newsletter, MidasTouch.com slash newsletter. Sign up for free. We send you emails every day. I sent one out myself today, MidasTouch.com slash newsletter. And also when we come back, you know, Cohen, the data is also reflecting that Biden was overperforming in New Hampshire as well. So I look at this data and then I look at the narratives and I'm just like, can we match and marry the narrative to the actual data? I mean, I know that the media also wants to paint this picture of college students and young people aren't supporting Biden. He overperformed amongst over young people in New Hampshire as a write-in. His name wasn't even on the freaking ballot and he overperformed in college areas. That's just what the data shows. This is from Adam Carlson. Now that we have close to final numbers in New Hampshire, Biden as a write-in outperformed his statewide vote share in the bigger college towns. Durham, 71%. Hanover, where Dartmouth, 79%. Statewide, 64%. If Biden's in trouble with the youth, there's no evidence of that in New Hampshire. And folks, that's just the data. More data when we come back after our quick break. Two million. Let's go.
Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Are your teeth aging you? Popular food and drinks are known to stain teeth. Beverages like coffee, tea, and wine stain them over time. So what can you do to brighten your smile? Well, you should give Smile Actives a try. Smile Actives is safe, effective, easy to use, and will keep you smiling proudly. As you probably already know, I'm a big tea drinker like many people. You may be a coffee drinker, and over time, I notice my teeth lose some of their brightness that I was used to seeing. 97% of Smile Actives users in a clinical trial reported up to six shades wider on average, all within 30 days. Simply add Smile Actives Pro Whitening Gel to your regular toothpaste. It's been formulated with PolyClean technology to boost stain removal and deliver active whitening ingredients into the teeth's grooves and crannies to get better whitening. Smile Actives makes teeth whitening gel that can simply be added to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth. So no change in your routine, no extra time, and no more messy strips, trays, or lights. People will start commenting on your whiter, brighter smile in just days. Smile Actives is the whitening boost your favorite toothpaste needs to give you the smile you deserve. Here's what you got to do. Visit smileactives.com slash beat today to receive a special buy one, get one free offer with auto delivery plus free shipping and handling. That's smileactives.com slash beat. S-M-I-L-E A-C-T-I-V-E-S dot com slash beat, B-E-A-T. Terms and conditions apply. See the site for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. My friends, around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we already are doing right. Maybe, just maybe, you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now... Now you want to actually eat breakfast too. I mean, therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make the changes that really stick. I personally benefited from therapy myself. You see, therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't for those of us who've experienced major trauma like I have. It's for everyone because what you're going through matters. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So celebrate the progress that you've already made and visit betterhelp.com slash beatdown today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash beatdown. Cohen with the killer ad read. When you do the ad reads, it it brings a smile to my face. There's there's something I really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm glad glad you're enjoying it. And I want to thank everybody who's smashing those blue hearts. Smash Um, it. Thank you also. And let me tell you, let me thank each and every one of you as well for making the Midas Touch Network as it is right now. Two million. All right. Now we need to go to five million. And that's why we ask you to please not just subscribe, but share. 
Bring your friends in. Have them join the brigade. We have 10 months to make the difference that's going to affect our children and future generations to come. And we, we, this brigade, are on the front line. So thank you all for being a part of this brigade. It means so much to both Bing Bing Ben and myself. And the reason you call me Bing Bing Ben is when I think Donald Trump was trying to describe what the uh, the missile systems in one of his speeches. <laughs> Donald Trump was like, "Yeah, when I was uh, in office, you know what? You know what I told the military generals? I told them, I told them, Bing a uh, Bing Bing a Bang a Swoosh a Bang." You know, I watched this clown up there, and I'm like, "Y'all realize this." Man, we're uh, Salty, this, if you have that video, we need to show well, that again. Well, but keep going. Bing, a bang, a swoosh, a swoosh. I'm like, this is so embarrassing. This is so embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for our country. Other people are watching this. They're like, for, like, for real? And I'm like, look, that's not the full country, okay? That's like, he, he's got like 30% of people who are like that, and we know who they are. But look, folks, that's why I say we got to keep expanding this pro-democracy community. So in New Hampshire, after Donald Trump underperformed, you know, normally in these speeches, I mean, he still won in New Hampshire. He underperformed, but he won. Normally what you'll try to do, right, is reach out to people and say, okay, now's the time for unity. We come together. That's what you're supposed to do in these speeches. But here, Donald Trump uh, extorts Nikki Haley and basically says that she'd be under investigation if people knew the things that she did in about 15 minutes. And so this is how, what Donald Trump had to say about her. Here, play this clip. And just a little note to Nikki. She's not going to win. She's not going to win. But if she did, she would be under investigation by those people in 15 minutes. And I could tell you five reasons why already. Not big reasons. A little stuff that she doesn't want to talk about, but she will be under investigation within minutes. And so would Ron have been, but he decided to get out. He decided to get out. Now, I mean, you have and that here, Donald that? Trump did says. The, did you see the two idiots standing behind them? I mean, between Tim Scott and Vivek Ramaswamy with that stupid smile on his face. Does he not understand like this? This moron that got tossed out, Dylan, um, whatever his last name was, Quattrucci, right? I mean, this idiot, uh, Quattrucci, Donald doesn't give a shit about anyone or anything other than himself. Jim Jordan is now under potential investigation as well. When I stood before the House Oversight Committee in 2018, I said to him, look at what's happened to me. What's happened to me will happen to you if you continue on this path. Now, years later, lo and behold, what's happening six years later looks like he's going to be under investigation. But as I'm saying to Ramaswamy the moron or Tim Scott the smiling buffoon, I'm telling you both right now, Donald will throw both of your asses under the bus like he did to this kid Quattrucci. He will throw it under the bus and not think twice about as it's going over you and the next one comes and runs you over and the next one as well. He doesn't give a shit about you. He doesn't give a shit about the country. He doesn't give a shit about anyone or anything other than himself. Think about you're the Quattrucci kid and you're like, 
super in this MAGA cult. You're like a, a MAGA fan and you wear the red hat and you show up at a MAGA event and you're, work, you're doing everything that MAGA tells you to do. And you see Alina Haba there, who's more of a MAGA influencer than even a lawyer at this point. So you go up, she takes a photo with you, you post it, and then security guards throw your ass out on the street. And you're like, what did I even do right here? I just took a photo with Alina Haba. But because Alina Haba didn't tell the truth or she wasn't candid with the federal judge in a defamation case involving Donald Trump's rape victim and was then partying with Donald Trump in New Hampshire after saying she had exposure to COVID. Think about that Mad Libs right there. You're now being thrown out on the street by your own cult because you posted a photo with Alina Haba, who doesn't even know really how to ask a question during a federal trial. Yes, you played yourself. And here, Donald Trump in his New Hampshire speech he starts like cursing and he talks about uh, Nikki Haley's dress. He was obsessed with her dress during his speech in New Hampshire. Here he says, you can't let people get away with bullshit, he says. Here, play this clip. I felt I should do this because I find in life you can't let people get away with bullshit, okay? You can't. You just can't do that. And when I watched her in the fancy dress that probably wasn't so fancy, come up. I said, what's she doing? We won. And she did the same thing last week, but he was much more angry about it than I was. I said, get up there and you let him know. And he has a particular hatred for women. You know, he's focused on the dress and the dress being not fancy. He can't look help who's himself. There clapping too, ben. Look who's sitting there clapping and egging him on. The dumbest of the three eldest children, Eric. He's sitting there clapping his hand, you know, as if, as if to, yeah, dad, you know, you go, that's right. You know, you attack this, you attack this woman because she refuses to get out of the race because she believes in democracy. Yeah, you go, dad. I mean, that's when you talk about Beavis and Butthead, it's exactly why people make fun of Eric and Don, because it is the stupidest. Even dumbass Ramaswamy wasn't clapping about that. I mean, oh, it's a, wearing that expensive, which probably wasn't so his fancy dress, which probably wasn't as expensive. I mean, now Donald knows about values of dresses. Why? Because he's a cross dresser and he's got an entire closet full of shit. What kind of nonsense? Why is what? I mean, don't you think that you really ought to worry about your own campaign? Why don't you worry about trying to find some middle ground so independence, you know? Don't think that you're the fucking ass clown that you really are. I mean, no, no. And also, oh, my God, Donald Trump said bullshit. And you hear these bunch of maggot morons, these fucking idiots with three teeth and four brain cells. Yay, yay, Donald said bullshit. Yay. Why? Why? A guy who wants to be the leader of the free world, this is the way he expresses himself? Even I, if I was running for the presidency, would tone down my rhetoric. I wouldn't be saying the shit that I'm saying now if I was standing on a national stage. <laughs> well, maybe I would. But, you know, but then again, I'm different. Well, you know, I, I described it, I think, in our last show as like uh, people at SeaWorld, like clapping for Shamu when, he, when they do a trick. Like Donald Trump yeah. goes up there with the MAGA base and he's like, 
and I passed a, a cognitive test. I took it twice and I and I passed it. And they're like, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you're, you're clapping for him. He took a, a test that people take when they have brain injuries and, and he's bragging that he takes this quite frequently and you're clapping for it. One of the things, Cohen, that I like as well, or I like it just happening and I like commenting on it, I suppose. And it shows how extreme this MAGA thing has become and how the Republic Party's over. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, just like it's Marjorie Taylor Greene and Laura Loomer, who are both extremists who like compete for his love and affection, basically. And they both hate each other. So you've got Laura Loomer talking about how like the Democrats are controlling the weather patterns and the Republican establishment and rhinos are are trying to make the weather bad or what, to help Donald, to hurt Donald Trump or whatever. And then you have Marjorie Taylor Greene. This is what she was saying. She goes, again, the numbers are fake. The numbers were fake for Nikki Haley. No way this is real. Here, play this clip. These are fake numbers. Nikki Haley does not have this much support. She's going to come out and claim that she's rising in the polls. All these fake news media people up here on this platform are going to claim that Nikki Haley is rising in the polls. It's a total, complete lie. Absolute lie. Tonight, Nikki Haley was defeated. The problem is she's going to be dumb enough and she's going to be a fake candidate and she's going to keep going and we're going to destroy her in South Carolina. It's going to be a, a complete humiliation. I can't wait to see it happen. So I'm not sure if she's sober or I'm not sure what she's doing there. You but know something, Ben? When I saw that, and I don't want you to laugh too hard about this because it is funny, but it's true. Just when I think that my life is difficult and it's hard <laughs> and I get very, very, I get very, very upset and so on. I start to think that somebody is Marjorie Taylor Greene's gynecologist. And then I say to myself, my life isn't so fucking bad. All right. Or could you imagine her proctologist? And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, what ends up happening? Right. So all of a sudden I'm going to be standing and this is what I'm going to be hearing. Right. Yay, go, go, Michael. That's right. You keep talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene and her gynecologist and her and her proctologist. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Were you doing sound effects there? What were, I just were you? Did. Yes. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have like a sound effects ready? You have <laughs> as we hit two million, as we hit two million subscribers, we got you with a little sound effects thing. That's hundred percent for certain. But okay. could you imagine just when you think that your life is bad and that things are really rough? Remember, somebody is her gynecologist or proctologist. And that well, that's her boyfriend who's interviewing her. I mean, just think about um, how incestuous Maggie is. So her boyfriend runs the channel that interviews her and follows Trump around. And her boyfriend used to, uh, when he was a, a host of another news network, would frequently dress up in drag. And so there's all these photos of him dressed in drag at all of these events. And then when, I think it was one of our Midas Touch reporters unearthed those photos, he was like, yeah, I was just having a good time. I'm having fun. And then he has all of the posts recently as well, attacking It's all, uh, people who, who dress in drag. 
everything is projection and confession with them and, and it's and it's weird and it's unhinged. I'll show you one more Marjorie Taylor Green clip, but then I want to talk about the UAW endorsement of President Biden. Sure. Sean Payne gave an incredible speech. But here you got Marjorie Taylor Green saying that political consultants who work for Nikki Haley should go to jail. Play the clip. This primary is over with. Can you imagine being a donor and lighting your money on fire like that? Donating to Nikki Haley, begging her to stay in the race. I mean, these political consultants, they should go to jail for continuing this campaign. I mean, it is so dishonest. I can't even believe it. For what no, the, the moment they take a drink, every, I mean, even before then, it's everybody should go to jail, go to jail. And by the way, Donald Trump posted today that if you contribute to Nikki Haley, you are hereby uh, banished, permanently barred from the MAGA camp. Like or, as they, or as they would say in, um, uh, what, what's the name, uh, John Wick, excommunicado. Let me show you two clips right now of UAW President Sean Fain in Washington, D.C. yesterday endorsing President Biden here. He talks about how Donald Trump is a scab. Play the clip. Donald Trump is a scab. Donald Trump is a billionaire, and that's who he represents. If Donald Trump ever worked in an auto plant, he wouldn't be a UAW member. He'd be a company man trying to squeeze the American worker. Donald Trump stands against everything we stand for as a union, as a society. When you go back to our core issues, wages, retirement, health care, and our time, that's what this election's about. This election's about who will stand up with us and who will stand in our way? Those are the questions that will win or lose this election and will decide our fate. Those are the questions that will determine the future of our country and the fate of the working class. A powerful speaker. This guy, Sean Fain. I mean, he's got more power than what people realize. You're talking about how many United Auto Workers are there? Hundreds of thousands, but it's not just hundreds of thousands. It's also the relationships that he has with other union leaders. If you are against one union, you are against all unions. And Donald, without the Donald von Schitt's and pants, without having unions, he is sunk. He's always tried to be the blue-collar billionaire. But finally, finally, somebody like a guy like Sean Fain has demonstrated with pretty pretty specific language that Donald Trump is not one of them. But you know who is? The guy who stood on the picket line with them when this thing didn't look like it was going to be over for a long time. It was Joe Biden who did it.
All right? That's who. And when you call somebody a scam, that's pretty tough. Pretty tough words. And speaking of Joe Biden, you had Sean Fain acknowledge that President Biden stood with the auto workers. Here, play this mm -hmm. clip. When I first came into office, we made some headlines by saying that our endorsements would be earned, not freely given. We've said we'd stand with whoever stood with us in our fight. Not because somebody was nice to us and we want to be nice to them, but because we need to know who's going to put up and who's going to shut up and going even further, we need to know who's going to stand up with us. And this choice is clear. Joe Biden bet on the American worker while Donald Trump blamed the American worker. We need to know who's going to sit in the most powerful seat in the world and help us win as a united working class. So if our endorsements must be earned, Joe Biden has earned it. Powerful, powerful speech. And here's what yeah. Biden had to say after earning the endorsement of the UAW. Play the clip. I've always fought for a strong auto industry with UAW built cars leading the world. This is what this is about a simple proposition. You built these iconic companies. You built GM. You built you built these companies. You sacrificed to save them in the worst of times. And you deserve to benefit when these companies thrive. As Sean said, record profits mean record contracts. Powerful, powerful stuff, Michael Cohen. Cohen, we're going to need a two-finger salute on this show. Yeah, I was just going to say. Two fingers salute. Who do you think I'm giving it to today, Ben? I, I would give it to Donald Trump. Who deserves it? Donald Trump, Marjorie. Yeah. Absolutely. Marjorie Toilet Green. Okay. All right. Marjorie, there is nobody stupider, in my opinion, almost nobody stupider in the people's house than Marjorie Toilet Green. The, the shit that comes out of her mouth must make her ass jealous. Plain and simple. And for that toilet, you get the two fucking fingers salute for the week. You seriously are the dumbest asshole that you are an embarrassment to this country. You are the dumbest person that I have ever, ever had the displeasure to watch. Whether it's your stupid questions when you're, when you, I don't even know how you end up being on a committee. I mean, it is pathetic that our tax dollars are going to fund your perverted life. You're sick. You're sick fucking demented. So I, I, again, I get so 
angry when I see that face of yours and the stupidity that comes out of that gaping hole under your nostrils. So for that, you fucking toilet, fuck you. Michael Cohen, um, you did it. You did it. There you go. <laughs> Everybody, hit subscribe. We're on our way to 3 million subscribers. Thank you to all the Beatdown Brigaders, all of the Midas Mighty, for helping us hit 2 million subscribers. Also, make sure you sign up for our newsletter, MidasTouch.com slash newsletter. MidasTouch.com slash newsletter check it out you'll get emails from us every day make sure you sign up for the mea culpa podcast it's free wherever you get your audio podcast make sure you click the blue one not the red one the blue one right there it looks like that right here on the midas touch network mea culpa by michael cohen subscribe to the political beatdown audio podcast as well not just here on youtube our audio podcasts are out there as well. Cohen, we decided Tuesday night we were going to hold our Zoom meeting. So if you want to have wait. a Zoom meeting with Michael Cohen, it's going to happen on Tuesday. I'll be there. Cohen will be there. We're going to open up questions later today that you can ask us to answer. But join our Zoom chat, will you? Go to patreon.com slash political beatdown if you wanted to meet Michael Cohen and myself outside of these YouTube uh, videos and lives that we do. Patreon.com slash political beatdown. Check it out right now. Store.midastouch.com for the best pro-democracy gear as well. 100% union made, 100% made in the USA. And beatdown brigaders, we hit 2 million just as we went live today, thank, thank you, you so you. much. I don't view this as just some network or just some company. This is a community, and it's built by you, the Beatdown Brigaders, the Midas Mighty, the Legal AFers, and we are grateful for you each and every day. You motivate us. And we hope that we motivate you through these shows and we empower this community together as you empower us. Democracy's on the line and together I know we will save our democracy. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, do so now. We do our after show on patreon.com slash political beatdown. Cohen, let's get to that. We've got the Brother Podcast tonight. The Midas Touch Podcast is tonight at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. So then I get ready for that after the after show. And uh, yeah, that's what I do. Cohen, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. Two million. <laughs> <laughs>